So Sam and I are sitting on, you know, the Harry Potter style train where the seats face each other. This woman gets on, which I think she speaks French or she speaks some, I, I don't really know. She has a baby in a bunch of bags. And Sam and I look at each other like, like a newborn baby. Like she's like f- fleeing some man or something, right? Wow. So I help her put all these bags up because she could barely, you know, like hold it all together. And then all of a sudden, probably about an hour and a half into this into this train ride, dude, she looks at Sam and she's just kind of smiles. And then she puts her baby on the seat of the train and leaves. What? Just goes to the bathroom or goes and gets food and just leaves. <laughs> and I look at Sam and I said, that is amazing. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't even know how to ask you to watch her child, but she kind of just gives you this gleam like, hey, please watch my baby. I have to go to the bathroom and I can't do it all and I can't bring my baby with me. And so Sam sits there and looks at me and goes, oh my gosh, like we're responsible for this baby right now on this train going through Switzerland (laughs) and we're these two Americans. You know what I mean? It's just such a weird thing. But I thought, man, that is amazing about the world that you can just trust some random person on a train in 2000. 12 or whatever year this was um and then she came back and sat down and started breastfeeding right in front of me so i moved <laughs> <laughs> it was awkward she just whipped it out and i look at it, i'm like okay i think i'm gonna go over here and look out the window on the other side but uh <laughs> crazy right like is that like, just a big do you, you think it was just a big cultural difference like i think if you zoom out on that story what you see is this woman trusted two random strangers on a train right that not only would we look out for a kid, but if something happened, we would do the right thing and she was fine to just leave it there. Right. So when we think of this world of kidnappings and murders and rapes and, and child abuse, this lady felt comfortable just to leave her baby sitting there next to us. That's so, interesting. Is it better or worse, Matt? That is the question. That's what we're going to talk about today. Is the world getting better or worse? Do you hold an apocalyptic stance or a progressive hopeful stance? Is the glass half full or is it half empty? Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Nate. And we want to welcome you to Don't Feed the Trolls, a podcast where we discuss trending topics, art, and culture through the lens of our experiences touring the world and creating art vocationally. We hope to bring topics out of the minefield of the comments sections and into the sphere of reasonable dialogue. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, where two redheads discuss things and try to calm their ancient Viking roots of beating the shit out of each other. (laughs) What? <laughs> You're blonde on top, bro. We're both red beard. Yeah, red beard. So we yeah. go back to Leif Erikson where we just want to beat each other up. <laughs> That's what we're talking about today. The history of humans used to want to beat the shit out of each other. And now maybe we don't. <laughs> now we're a little bit more accepting of people. Well, That's we're gonna, true. We're going to talk about that. But first, let's do a segment of Don't Read the Trolls. Nate, yeah. you want to hit this one from Amanda? She likes to say things. But... Uh, <laughs> But when she says something, she means it. But I really look forward to listening to your podcast. You guys are doing a great service to the community by giving us uh, your perspective on dealing with ourselves and the worst parts of humanity. Thanks, Amanda. And in that, you're showing us a glimpse of the best part of how uh, we find it in ourselves. I love this. And although I may not agree with you guys 100% all the time, your honesty and heartfelt perspectives help me see uh, my perspective clearer. That's great. I think I see. I like I like this quote because I like that she doesn't agree. Our point is our, our our whole goal here is to be able to disagree and to do so in a way that isn't alienating of either side. So 
please, if you disagree with us, send us an email and tell us why you disagree. We'd love to get your opinion. Uh, Cody, yeah. Cody Murphy sent us an email, says, Hey, dudes, I love the podcast. More importantly, your bands. Longtime classic crime fan here. I've listened to the Bad Christian podcast for a while now, and that's actually where I caught wind of your podcast. Uh, shout out to BC Pod. I've listened to you guys since episode one. I want to send you guys a gift. A gift, Nate, just for the heck oh. of it. As hey. a thank you for doing what you guys do, and I like supporting small businesses, I am the co-founder and product guru over at Beard Supply. Nate, we both have beards. I'm looking at you on my Skype right now, and you have a beard, and I have a beard, and he's got these small batch handcrafted beard products at Beard Supply. So we're, we haven't actually responded to you, Cody, but we will be getting some beard products for you. I've just been putting some coconut oil in mine. I don't know what you do to maintain, Nate. Dude, I just go outside and rub my face in the dirt, and then <laughs> keeps I mean, it going. Classic, classic beard minerals in the dirt yeah. for you. Uh, we've also uh, got a couple new patrons this week. What's uh, Patreon? Patreon, patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls, and you can support us monthly. If you like, or like this podcast, if you like the stuff we put out, if you think it's beneficial to your life, you can consider uh, pledging a dollar support each month. It gets you access to a bunch of exclusive stuff that we have on our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls. Uh, so special thanks to our new patrons, Daryl Ann Lowry and Jason Reinhold. Welcome to the team. We have lots of plans for exclusive content. We've got some episodes up there. We've got some extra interview stuff. Um, so go check that out. I think some of the most interesting stuff we've done is actually exclusive to our patrons. So if you are interested in hearing more from us and getting some extra stuff, um, check out our Patreon page. nuclear missile launch in North Korea. This missile is believed to be headed in the direction of the Los Angeles metropolitan area. All residents within Well, you heard it on the news. You heard it from your dad. The world is constantly being described as this plane going down. Anyone who knows anything about anything in life in the world knows it's going down. But but you in that conversation, because you're an idiot, clearly you don't know the world is doomed hell in a handbasket man and initially i can understand why the mind wants to see the world like this and i think for a lot of my life i've thought that was true is it true matt well we can talk about that that's the thing i think every generation and we're not exempt from this believes that we're the last generation people in you know 1914 thought oh my gosh here comes a world war i actually don't know when it started but i think it was around the the antichrist yeah yeah, exactly. These 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 leaders who are invading countries, they're the antichrist or if you're that that's if you were a religious person maybe um or or it's just, you know, nuclear holocaust. It seems like in every generation at least in recent generations, you know, World War II or um when you think about nuclear power coming to be is this uh, is this something to do with like death? Like the closer you get to death, the more you want the world to end as you're kind of getting close well, to your own demise. Or maybe, or maybe it's just a sense of just we, we are just generally narcissistic people thinking that it's all going to end with us and there's nothing coming after. But I also think as the world becomes more and more global, and as pa- like destructive power, like nuclear power, um, you know, one person 
one bad person with the finger on the trigger could really set this whole thing off. And, you know, the chance of that happening is higher and higher with each year. So it does make huh. sense to to maybe think we could be close to the end. I think it stems from a lot of the sort of the media feed that we get. And here's uh, here's something I did. So this morning I woke up and I was thinking about this episode and uh, I did a simple test. I went on Yahoo News. Good news site. Have you heard of Yahoo, man? It's yeah. pretty big. Man. <laughs> Yahoo. Uh, so I went on there and they have like a feed of like 100 and somewhere between 130, 150 articles, right? And I was like, okay. So I sat down with a pencil paper. I wrote down negative, neutral, positive, okay. right? And I just arbitrarily read every title and just did a check mark where it fell on the scale, right? Sure. I was a little more generous to positive. Out of all these articles, I, 75 of them were negative. Like drugs, bad stuff, death, happened. whatever, you name War. it. 75 of them. Yeah. Only 13 were positive. As in like and, someone did something nice or something good like, is happening. Look at this elephant climbing into this this that, back of this cart. That it's, was considered positive. <laughs> positive yeah. news. Like it. <laughs> Its intention to me was like to lift the spirits or... Right, right, right. So you're talking one in seven are positive. And then 50 of them were neutral, like <clears throat> doesn't have any bearing on the emotions, just just updating you on world right, shifts. Right. So 75 negative, 13 positive, just in one major media news feed. It's no surprise that news runs on fear because... It activates our amygdalas, Nate. And when our yeah, we've amyg- talked about that. When our amygdalas, yeah, if you want to listen to the fear episode, we talk a bit more about that. But when our amygdalas are activated, we respond with emotion. We respond by sharing, by clicking, by interacting with a post, or by watching. And that's what people really want is they want ratings. And the way to get ratings is to utilize fear to activate our emotions. Yeah. The neuroscientist said that they've recently discovered that, that it takes 15 seconds for positivity to imprint on the brain. Yeah, and, but, and, but and, negativity, and negativity, it's instant. Imprints. So if you want to get someone's attention right away, be negative, yeah. use fear, and then you uh-huh. will have them locked in. And that's what sells ads. And so if you don't, sponsor this podcast we, we will die we will die we no, will die you will you will die death. You, they're, they're and then you of, will they're die. not afraid of us dying did you, you gotta, listen to that npr episode i sent you uh where the lady has uh she had a, a no fear her amygdala was broken yeah it was like did calcified you, yeah I did yeah it was calcified that. there's this uh, npr episode uh called world without fear invisibilia podcast yeah invisibilia we'll put the link in the show notes yeah and I might throw this little sound clip in there because it's so great. But this old lady's like, this guy in, in the park said, come said, say hi to me. Come here, please. So I went over to him. I said, what do you need? He grabbed me by the shirt and he held a knife to my throat and told me he was going to cut me. I told him, I said, go ahead and cut me. I said, I'll be coming back and I'll hunt your ass. Oops. Am I supposed to say that? I'm sorry. Wait, she's the one with no fear? She's the one with no fear. She said she was going to haunt the guy that stuck a knife to her throat. And what'd the guy do? He got scared, right? (laughs) Oh, he pulled the knife away and then like left and like didn't know what to think. Like, I just thought that was amazing. So I want to throw that soundbite in there. But that whole episode is wonderful because there's so many things that were a little more clearly defined than our fear episode. 
But one thing I really thought was interesting was uh, the environmental psychologist Roger Hart. The idea that like I don't want my, I don't want to let my kids go out and play. The world's unsafe. I can't let them go outside. And right, because we're bombarded with news articles from halfway across the world where some kid got abducted. And so the fear kicks in and we go, we don't, you know, it's not safe outside. So this guy proves that's not true. Hmm. He followed 86 kids in the 1970s, right? Children from 3 to 12 and followed them all their waking hours for two and a half years. His whole thing was to like make a physical map of like where they went, what they did, distances they traveled, their movement. Like a, yeah. Yeah. Like kind tracking of, a pod of whales. And I think this whole study came on because they said that like they knew more about primates than they did children, like what they did in their play. Like humans, no one studied kids playing and they wow. didn't know anything. So they did this study. And he said, by the time they were 10 years old, most kids had the run of the entire town. So, so they'd by gone 10, everywhere by themselves. And they knew every nook and cranny in the whole entire town. And this is in the 70s when all the, you know, when all the kids are on. Well, I think it was the 80s when all the kids got started getting their pictures on milk cartons for being right. missing kids and disappearances. Right. And I wonder if that was part of it. I heard another NPR episode that, was, that did a whole episode on the milk carton movement. Right. I don't know if you've. I don't know if you heard that one. Right. We could do an episode on that. Helpful or hurtful or both. And well, well, that I think that's what they were trying to say is that kind of that kind of set off this fear based mentality that got people to right. be afraid. Um, our generation. So what? But anyway, so is it safer for kids these days? So he goes back to the same town to document the kids today and figure out the new generation of kids and ask them where they played. He said that uh, they didn't have to take him very far. They just walked around their property in, in that town. It's not more dangerous than it was before. There's literally no more crime today than there was 40 years ago. But kids just kind of hang out on their back porch, I guess. They, That's don't, it. they don't have the run of the town anymore. The only thing that changed was the social awareness of fear of bad stuff. That bad stuff yeah. didn't actually happen more often. Just people are more aware of it and they let their fear guide you let your their decision making when it comes to parenting. What about you? Do you let your kids roam? Or are you worried about well, that? Or I let yeah, we let our kids roam around our backyard and it's fenced. But you know, I've got a four year old and a two year old, so it's not like they can. I would want my kids to be able to go over to friends' house and stuff, you know, and and be able to to travel on their own and not not need me. I mean, I had that. I, w I spent hours alone as a kid. I would go to yeah, these, me too. I would go miles away on my bike to these ditches where I would catch frogs by myself, and as long as I was home by dinner time. You know, my yeah. mom never, it, it didn't matter, you know, like one time I, I did got, the same I tried thing. to catch a goose that was in the, <laughs> that was in the, uh, the pond or a swan. It was like a big white bird. And I was like, I'm going to go get that bird. And I was like maybe six years old and I took my shoes off and got inside a ditch and there was all these blackberry bushes and I cut up my feet and everything trying to catch this swan. Why'd you take your shoes off? That's I don't the first know. Problem. I don't know, man. I was just a kid. I came home with all these bloody feet. My mom looked at me and she's like, get in the bath. <laughs> you know, she's like, dinner's on, you know? like, And I, I just remember that experience of like sitting in the bath going, man, I shouldn't have gotten that ditch. Uh, you know, <laughs> like it was just a swamp, you know? But I just, I, I remember like, I went everywhere by myself. I was such like yeah, a little too. child wandering. And I feel like it, I had spent a lot of time in my head. And sometimes I'm worried for my kids because I think part of human development that's really good is the 
ability to be like creative and to play on your own without needing sure. other things. And my kids always have stuff to help them play. They don't have to go like make their own play. Um, you know, like I sat in church as a kid and it was so boring. It was a really conservative fundamentalist church. And like, there would be like, you would just sit in the back row and I would fill these sketchbooks with my art because it was so terrible, boring. And then now, like if I take my kids to church, they play, they like play on bouncy castles, you know, <laughs> they're like, it's super fun for them. They're like stoked. Yeah. It's like Chuck E. Cheese. I, I feel like, can I give my kids some like boring, you know, experience so that they can develop there might be something going on in the brain that's keeping kids in their own backyards along with this fear mentality. So it could be it could be a two-fold problem. Like kids are just hanging out on their iPads, playing right. video games all day, and but they're not outside anymore. I, think I don't know. I think it's safe to say that as society has progressed to be more aware of bad news and more aware of bad things happening because the news media kind of runs on fear and runs on bad news, we have become more reserved in the way that we live our lives and the way that we parent and the way that we do things because we're more afraid. But is that fear warranted? So that one study says that there was not moral decay in that town. However, people behaved as though there was. This is the bigger question. Is the world getting worse? Are we morally decaying? And I know a lot of people who are conservative and people over centuries who are more conservative have always held this belief that we have to go back to our roots where we were more moral because we are becoming immoral. Well, it's interesting. People who are more progressive say Hmm. we are not becoming immoral. We are becoming... Uh, more moral by the moment and they have their own stats so what what's the truth here some would say this isn't something we can actually chart literally give a black or white answer to it's sometimes it's like 200 years forward 100 years back type of thing i mean you think about the dark ages nothing really happened you know and so it just seems like you know that might have not been a progressive moment but you think in the last 300 years how many things have progressed for people of color women's rights minority rights well that's rights. the thing like if we stem it all the way back to humanity from day 1 you know you talk a lot about that tribal mentality sure. and people i think in something is in our head something is psychologically in there that says we need a savior we need a king we need somebody to help us but i think it's been in human psyche since day 1 that scientifically we gravitate towards negativity and pessimism Naturally, our brains latch onto that instantly as opposed to positivity or optimism, which takes a lot more focused effort. Just my personal stance is that I think that a litmus test for anything that's worthwhile is the thing that's uh, often more difficult and takes more focus because we're behaving less like apes at that point. We're behaving like conscious humans. And then when you have a huge arm of the general population who are conservative Christians, they're leading a charge, I think, and fueling a lot of this worry that that America is on a moral decay because we have gay marriage and we have all these different things. And people think, yeah, that's it. We're going to hell in a handbasket, right. you know? Even if you disagree with LGBT rights 
equal rights under the law. Even if you disagree and you think that's not the definition of marriage, the simple fact that our country was able to raise an issue of like a 4% minority to the Supreme Court of a land and grant that minority equal rights of the majority, regardless if you think it's right or not, that is still an achievement that goes far beyond any empire in history. You think the Romans cared about LGBT rights or women or slaves? They didn't do any yeah. of that. You know, like in the last few hundred years, that's a great point. When people don't have rights, we are constantly giving rights away. There's more and more freedom, it seems, regardless if you think it's good or bad. Just the fact that there's more freedom means that something is better for somebody. Okay, I have a good analogy here. And and this brings up my love for baseball. But some say if you look at one baseball game, for example, and you say, is this team good or bad, right? On any given day if you play baseball, a terrible team can beat a great team. So what I think humans do is we zoom into this baseball game of life. We look at one day, one situation, right. one thing, and we go, See, America sucks, man. Look, right. this guy walked in on this college campus and blew everyone away. Well, of course, like, if you're if, if you're living in 1944 and the entire world is at war to try to stop Hitler, you know, and uh, the Japanese emperor, of course you think it's getting worse because you have yeah. this frame of like 10 years where everything got worse. But it's yeah. super arguable that after World War II, everything got a lot better. So when you have this, Richard Rohr, I, we always quote him, but when he always talks about having a deep time perspective, the timeline of humanity on the whole spectrum, we're like yeah. the fingernail. Humans have been around for the fingernail of, of yeah. time. We see even smaller than that. We see just a sure. fragment of that. We just see our own lives. That's all we see. We don't see that like... Baseball season is a long damn time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? You're just seeing one it's game. It's like 165 games. Right. And you, if you pull back, if you zoom out and you look at the huge arc of morality, it's bending in a certain direction. Some people zoom in and say... right. No, but it's this way. Some people will zoom out and go. Nah, well, some people well, will go back and say 50 fine. years ago it was better or 100 years ago it was better. And that's conservatism. It's saying we need to go back to our roots. And I have a problem with that. When people say we need to go back to the roots when America was a Christian nation, we were founded on Christian principles. And I go, really? When we enslaved 20 million Africans? When we. Segregation. When, yeah, when we segregated them, or like when we mass murdered men, women, and children, the native people. When, we when came Al Capone here. was running the uh, police forces? Yeah, when we came, like, was it really that much better? Like, pressing women and not allowing them to work and not allowing them to vote? Like, was that yeah. really better? I don't think it was. I think we're actually better in those regards now because we're, we're treating people better. And the funny thing is, I read a book. It's, it's actually by a prominent, like, evangelical pastor, this guy, John Ortberg. And he wrote this book called, uh, and I know I'm just saying this because I know a lot of the criticism of the moral arc of the universe is the U.S. and the Western world is in moral decay, comes yeah. from the religious right, comes from yeah, that's evangelicalism. Why I it so even voices, and I like John Ortberg, even his voice in evangelicalism is saying the world is better 
he wrote this book called Who Was This Man? And it's all about how Jesus changed the history, the course of history with his teachings. So his teaching about yeah. the value of women, his teaching about the value of children, his teaching about the least of these matter, how the poor people matter, how the orphans and widows matter. And without these teachings, the church would, would have not established orphanages, would have not established schools mm. where anybody could learn, poor people, whatever, would have not established hospitals. It used to be if you were yeah. rich, you could afford a doctor. Now there's a hospital, and those hospitals were established out of these faith groups of people who are following the teachings of Jesus. So here you have an evangelical leader saying, the arc of the moral universe has gotten better because of Jesus, but on that same side, in that same realm, you have people saying, no, 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 it's getting far worse. It's getting far worse. And he's saying, no, it, we actually have hospitals and orphanages and programs and services that are run by sure. people of faith, that are run by churches, that are doing really, really good stuff. And that's all stems out of a progression of <laughs> understanding of what Je- what Jesus taught. Yeah. He's saying, look, well, he's saying you know, essentially anything is getting I mean, better. To read this quote from John Pavlovitz here. He says, I hear this sentiment from fellow believers often. And whenever I do, I always wonder what, quote unquote, Christian values they'd like America to return to. Are they wanting to go back to when women can vote? Are they thinking about the good old days when people own slaves? Segregation, maybe? Or are they wanting to return to street pistol duels or packs of vigilantes melting uh, meeting out justice in a town square. Perhaps they think we need to. We need more organized crime, r- running urban police forces. Are these the days when America was apparently more reverent, more righteous, and more godly than it is today? So he makes a statement saying, "Yeah, essentially, we are confused. We have rose-colored glasses about the past. It was yeah. not all rainbows and butterflies and unicorns." Did you ever believe this stuff? Yeah. If I was asked Matt McDonald at nineteen, like, "Hey, is the world?" Going into hell in a handbasket, you might say, "Yeah, absolutely, it is. absolutely." But I was taught. I think I, I would have taught too. that. I mean, we were all we were all taught this apocalyptic end times. When vision did it change? Of like, ah, uh, what changed was when did it change? Like, when did it change? Because I I make the argument to people all the time. I go, if you believe ninety nine percent of people are going to hell, the world's doomed, and the end times are coming, I say, why would you ever have a child? Yeah, because it's going to probably burn statistically. Yeah, right. If, if it doesn't burn, it's going to go through hell on earth. Why would you ever want to have children? What's yeah, the point? It's a, it's the best it's thing like you can do is not have kids. It's sort of like a right? nihilistic uh, religious you know, uh, position to hold. It's like, this is all meaningless, meaningless. We're all going to die. It's a powerful ideology because it, it really it arouses our amygdalas. And so yeah. many leaders, religious, political, whoever, have used this. The world is going to end. If you want to be on the life raft, follow me. And they get a lot of followers. I mean, if you look at yeah. uh, Jehovah's Witness, how that's, that whole sect started was a guy saying, the world's going to end in like 1898 and only 144,000 people are going to go to heaven. And he gathered a ton of, and then that didn't happen. See, the world's going to end in 1914. The start of that you. movement was two failed prophecies of the, the end of the world. And, uh, the world didn't end. It, sure. We see this every couple of years, a guy saying the world's going to end and it's not ending. And it's, Well, I've read that that didn't come into theology in, until like the last 350 years. Sure. Like it wasn't even a part of the theology right. until recently when we started saying, oh, the world's going to end. But how do we combat our amygdalas 
Here's some fun facts to uh, make you think more positive out there on your drive <laughs> through traffic in LA and smog. People are living longer. People Truth are living longer lives. But Child that- mortality cut in half since 1990. Child mortality. In half. Wow. Since 1990. Since 1990. So child mortality. In, in the last 26 years, it's been cut in yes. half. Wow. Yes. But that could be like third world countries. Oh, this is overall. Different places. Okay. This is overall, like in the world. Well, I would prefer child that mortality. stat anyways. I think the world is more valuable than just the US. So, But since 1900, Matt, 99% drop in the mom dying in childbirth. In childbirth. Wow. Yes. So 99% cut off there. So you have a baby today. Chances are like your baby's going to be fine and you're going to be fine no matter what happens, right? That's See, crazy. but my more pessimistic friends would say, well, but abortion rates have gone up. Actually, they haven't. Uh, teen pregnancy is down. Overall. Well, that's the thing, I think. And and this is the thing that the news will no, try pregnancy, to- pregnancy, not abortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, and I read this even, I think it was on Relevant too. Uh, the number of uh, pregnancies that end in abortion, that rate has gone up. So you see that you go, oh man, that's a bummer. Like, uh, there's more abortions happening because nobody wants abortions to happen. I don't think. I think they're sad for everybody. But the more ser- but-, but there isn't a stat to say the more services that are available to pregnant women, the less the abortions actually go down. Well, well, here's so. what here's what I'm saying, Nate. The stat that says more pregnancies end in abortion is kind of a little bit convoluted because the truth is there are less unwanted pregnancies. So the actual number of abortions has gone down, but but people say the rate of pregnancies uh, that end in abortion has gone up. So if you want to look at, don't don't look at just rates or percentages. Of, you have to zoom out, kind of look at the whole situation. You have to right. zoom out and understand that like, there's stats within stats. And if you read them the way you want to read them. Well, people, um, the news will present the stats to you in a way that will activate your amygdala. So just remember yes. that when you say, oh no, it's getting worse. There's more abortions. Look into that, look into that and go, no, the rate's up, but the actual number is down. And yeah. I think I think everybody wants that. Nobody wants an unwanted pregnancy. Nobody wants a pregnancy to end in abortion. It's sad for anybody. It's just sad, you know? So that's what that's yeah there's what very few on. people out there that are like cheering when that happens no or i mean even if someone is pro the the right to have an abortion i don't think that they're happy about it but if they get more literature and information typically they go down which comes with with development they say sure. that we're more educated and we're our iq is up a few points overall really across the board yeah so we're getting a little bit smarter we're not getting dumber we probably are with the screen time. We're playing a little too much Candy Crush, but, you know. <laughs> 20%? Gender inequality is down 20%. Now, how do you measure gender inequality? Is it maybe, like, pay pay gap? You go out there on the street, and if you don't want to hit ladies, you realize something's happening to you, and you feel better. <laughs> or hit on ladies? Hit on ladies or hit ladies. If you don't want to do both of those things, then you're then society is getting better. But uh, 22% of the world's energy is renewable now. As opposed to what? What was it before? Not renewable? Well, yeah, sure. I'm, I, I guess everything ran on fuel the last 100 years on gasoline. Sure. Um, Crude oil. But now there's uh, wind power and solar power and 22% of the world's energy, man. That's a big deal. And, and I think is the hydro, time we die- Is hydro well, renewable? 
It is and it isn't. Oh, because uh, it kills fish and stuff. Sometimes they say, yeah, it creates uh, other problems. Right. But I, I think it's pretty clean myself, right. like logically speaking. Well, but, I mean, they say it, they say like wind energy, like they, that kills birds. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's always a cost for, for our uh, TVs to turn on. One more fact just to kind of round it off, but at uh, least military-related deaths in over 100 years. Wow. So, so soldiers are not out there getting killed a lot. That, I think we're fighting less war in some ways. Or, I mean, if you zoom out and look at it as a whole. So the cost of war um, is like the death rate has gone down. So there's some things so, to, yeah. co- to combat the, uh, the negative news articles or shows you're watching, everybody out there. It's maybe, just maybe, it's not, and you could probably hear our bias in this. Maybe it's yeah. not getting worse. Maybe, just maybe, Matt, yeah. you can leave your children on the public bus. Someone will watch those kids and go, hey, that asshole left his kids on the bus. <laughs> my mom sent my siblings to Granny's house when they turned nine. And I remember being yeah. like five or six and being like, how come I can't go? And it was basically what she, she lived on the East Coast. So you jump on an airplane, they drop you off in an air, like in the line at the gate. And then somehow you make it to your destination on the East Coast. And I remember being like, man, I can't wait till I turn nine so that I can go on an airplane and, and go visit my uh, my grandma and grandpa. So, uh, yeah. Would you <laughs> drop your nine-year-old off at the gate and just kind of hope they get to where they're going? <laughs> I don't hey, know. Hey, we should be able to leave, leave our kids out in the stroller while we go in and get a baguette and talk about how your beard looks and stuff like that. And speaking of beards, Cody Murphy just pledged on our patron. Wow. Just now. Our new patron, Cody Murphy, beard supply guy. Well, we're definitely going to have to. In the middle of the podcast. In the middle of the podcast. So welcome, Cody Murphy. Thanks for your pledge on our Patreon, uh, beardsupply.com. That's what that earned you. Uh, shout yeah. out to, uh, to your beard products, which I hope yeah. we will be using soon, Nate, as we keep uh, growing facial hair. Yeah, you know, you use coconut oil and I use dirt, and uh, we probably could use something better. So there's better <laughs> things out there. a little bit there. better. As the moral arc is bending to get better, so are our beards. <laughs> so is your attitude. <laughs> Don't worry out there, people. No matter what Fox News tells you, or CNN, yeah, I know, I pick on Fox because it just seems the most like, oh, it's just turn on, I just get anxiety. I gotta I gotta stick my head out the window and yeah. go, is, is the world still out there? They need okay, some good. like amygdala medicine. Oh, like an amygdala inhaler that will like soothe your amygdala after watching news. Don't be a pawn. Don't be a rube. It's like if you're pissed, you just put it on and get more pissed and you feel good for a second. And then you and then you just feel terrible after all of it. It's a little thing. Yeah. For better or for worse, here's our podcast episode. If you want to email us, you can email us at don't email the trolls at gmail.com. And if you want to support our podcast, go to patreon.com slash trolls podcast don't or don't feed be the trolls, the trolls. oh and uh we're probably going to launch a specific podcast for patreons here soon so get in on that and we'll keep you updated on that when it happens and matt might yell at me after this podcast be like why the hell did you <laughs> promise that man we can barely get one episode out a week as it is right now it's a struggle but every little ounce of support helps so thank you guys for backing us on patreon 
keep on fighting those trolls. Artic- and, uh, yep. Articles, wh- articles and links in the show notes. Check it out and uh, shoot us a message if you, you want to weigh in. One day we'll disagree on something, Matt. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I just feel like all we do is agree on stuff. It's yeah. Like, what happened to our? Yeah. What happened to the debate without yeah. the hate? We're just we we're, can, we're not. We can debate more. I'm sure we could. We'll debate more next episode. How about that? All right. Sounds good. All right, man. All right. Later. Sweet.